This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey y'all, this is episode 71 of Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz. I'm so happy to have you. I'm always happy to have you, but I like to start off the show just with a thank you for being here. Thanks for coming back every week. I love having you guys here. I'm really excited about today's episode because it has been pretty collaborative. So while I was planning this episode, sometime last week, I put out an Instagram story asking y'all what your biggest challenges were when it came to recycling. And I felt like this was a really important question to ask because recycling needs and availabilities of recycling services varies quite a bit between different cities, communities, municipalities, things like that, depending on whatever is your department of sanitation and what's available in your particular area. So this is not only the infrastructure, but also what the environmental concerns are in your area, which I'm going to get into in a minute. But I'm excited about this episode for the reason that it is applicable to a lot of y'all and that you have given me a lot of input and a lot to work with. I do want to give a little disclaimer that a lot of this information is kind of focused around American communities and my U.S. audience just because that's where I personally live and what I'm familiar with. A lot of the programs that I talk about are globally applicable. You'll just have to do a little bit of digging for what's available in your particular region if you are looking into some of these programs that I'm mentioning today. And then I just want to remind you, I just said it one more time, I am not like an expert on recycling in your county or in your area. So please go ahead and do your due diligence and just figure out what's available in your area and what's reasonably accessible for you. So it does vary quite a bit between areas. There is no national policy on recycling and there's actually no federal requirements on recycling at all. So a lot of states do require some sort of recycling programs. And there are some states that are a lot more progressive than others. Like the state of New York has a really great electronics policy that we are gonna talk about. And there is also a law in New York City that every citizen must have curbside access to recycling bins. So whether that's in your building or on your street or something like that. So just to know that there are some cities and some states that are making really big strides on recycling, but it is very much a self-regulating thing. There's no national infrastructure, no regulations yet. But I think it's great that we want to talk about recycling and there are a lot of really innovative programs out there for you to really self-regulate and take charge of your products and your consumption and how those are being treated at the end of their lifespan with you. So I do want to first start off with some vocabulary. So single stream recycling. Single stream recycling means that you just put all of your recyclable materials into one container. So one stream. 
your community sanitation department will have really clear guidelines as to what you should and should not put in that single stream. So please, please, again, get familiar with these rules. So these are gonna be like the types of plastic or the shapes of your containers, whether or not they're going to accept glass and where you should take some specialty items, which we're gonna to get to in a second. So recycling incorrectly can be just as harmful as not recycling at all. Sometimes this is called wish cycling. So the act of wanting to recycle something, even though you're not sure it can actually be recycled in your area or through that particular stream. So this can be something like a pizza box. I think that's a great example. Some cities can recycle used pizza boxes, but for the most part, if they're greasy or have food remnants, like little bits of cheese from that pizza, they can't be recycled. If you're putting that greasy pizza box in your recycling bin anyway, that's called wish cycling. You wish it could be recycled. You feel like you're doing a good job because you're putting it in the recycling bin, but you're contaminating all of that recycling. And most likely that bag of recycling coming from your house or from your area, however it's being collected, can't be recycled at all because you've now contaminated the recycling. Things that you should always recycle are aluminum cans and containers, like canned vegetables or like a soda can. Aluminum is indefinitely recyclable. So it can be recycled over and over without diminishing the quality of the material significantly. In theory, the material of one aluminum can can support the production of another like 100 cans if it's all being recycled properly and efficiently. So aluminum is also one of the most widely and efficiently recycled materials. Recycling aluminum saves about 95% of the energy cost of producing new aluminum. So anytime you have any sort of can, I highly, highly suggest you seek out a recycling bin or hold on to whatever your particular can is so that you can get it to a recycling bin. Glass, however, sometimes it's hard to recycle glass. I got a couple of messages from girls that are not able to recycle glass in their communities. And I can tell you that I personally had a hard time recycling glass in my previous location. I used to live in Northern Arizona. Glass can also be indefinitely recycled. However, I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion to share. Depending on your area, you should not necessarily always recycle glass. Glass is really water intensive to recycle. So like I said, in my area, Arizona, I would have had to recycle it out of my own personal desire in order to divert it from a landfill, but it's actually not the best idea in a desert state to be recycling large quantities of glass. It doesn't really make sense from an environmental resource standpoint to be putting all this water into recycling glass when we could in theory just be making new glass with new energy, a lot less water, things like that. So some areas will actually smash their glass recycling and just put it underneath or around landfills. It kind of acts like a barrier between the landfill and the ground and that lessens any leaks or any like big environmental harm that the landfill could be putting into the groundwater, things like that. So this isn't really recycling in the same sense that your empty wine bottle is becoming a new wine bottle, but it could be repurposed. So just something to think about, not all glass recycling is truly meant to be recycled into new glass products. Plastic, let's talk about plastic. Plastic is much harder to recycle and not nearly as efficient as a structural material. So most plastic can actually only be recycled once, if at all, before it's totally unusable. About 40% of our plastic is single use, which means it's immediately discarded after those first few minutes of its lifetime. So these single use plastics are things that we absolutely need to get away from, from a global standpoint on our environmental responsibility. I've talked before about the big four. So this is coffee cups, straws, shopping bags, and water bottles. Those are the big four. This is a great mental checklist to start with if you're trying to reduce your plastic waste, your plastic consumption in general. 
Plastics that should almost never go into regular recycling bins are shopping bags. So really thin film can get caught in machinery. It's too thin even to be a useful material post-recycling anyway. So straws, for the same reason you shouldn't put in regular recycling, they get stuck into machinery and can't really be made into anything useful. Plastic bags, plastic shopping bags, you can often drop off at recycling bins in grocery stores. So I know Basha's, Publix, both have recycling bins. Target has a collection area for shopping bags, and these stores will send them off to specialty centers for proper processing. So this is really thin plastic that can also be in the form of like food safety seals. I'm thinking of like when you buy a container of hummus and have to peel back that plastic covering, that plastic covering should in theory go into your regular trash. So again, like check whatever is usual in your municipality, but we don't really live in a time where recycling infrastructure or recycling machinery can handle these really thin plastics yet. And it's not really worthwhile from like a chemical standpoint to be recycling these plastics. So now that we've gotten all of that cleared up, we've set the scene, let's talk about recycling. I asked y'all on Insta Stories what the hardest or most challenging things were for you to recycle. So I am trying to cover a lot of bases today with a lot of information. So hopefully this is helpful to you. We're gonna start off with electronics. Electronics, you can't just put these in regular trash. You can't put them in your regular landfill bound recycling. Many electronics carry heavy metals. So this can be like mercury, lithium, lead, other hazardous materials. And this can not only pollute the air, but it can also pollute groundwater when it's being incinerated. So that's burned if you have a waste energy solution in your area, or it can contaminate the ecosystem in landfill bound trash. So this can be leaking into groundwater. All of these heavy metals are getting involved in the animals in the area or anything along those lines. So general pollution, but also just like environmental concerns for our communities. The state of New York has made it specifically illegal to throw away any sort of materials devices that are containing these toxic materials. So unfortunately, all too often, e-waste, so electronic waste from affluent countries like the US is being shipped to other less developed countries to reclaim these materials. So facilities that are going to be extracting steel and aluminum in order to sell these electronic materials to other companies that are gonna reuse them. And this is actually really harmful for worker health and planetary health. It ends up having a really high carbon footprint. And I feel like this isn't too much of a stretch for most people to think about our recycling being shipped off to other countries when it comes to e-waste, because we know that this happens with our plastic recycling. So once countries like China have said, no, we no longer wanna take your plastic recycling, it causes us to really reform our policies and really dive deeper into what we can and cannot recycle here in the US on site instead of shipping it off to other countries. So e-waste is the same sort of thing. A lot of e-waste recycling ends up in less developed countries and it ends up causing a lot of human health concerns, environmental concerns, things like that. So just be a little bit more aware of where your e-waste is actually going. If you are curious to see what kinds of companies and organizations are using reclaimed materials when they're making electronics, Greenpeace has a great tool called the Electronics Report Card, and there's also the organization EPEAT, so it's like repeat but without the R, and they also rate electronics recycling in that space as well. So it's surprising to know that actually the Apple iPhone uses a lot of these reclaimed materials. Kind of makes me feel a little bit better about the consumerism of Apple products, but 
Just a fun thing to look into if you are curious. So in order to recycle e-waste in your community, let's talk about how it's done. You wanna first look on your city's sanitation department website. So this can be pretty easily found if you just type in the name of your city.gov or if you just Google like the name of your city, usually the government website is gonna be the first one to come up and then you can find the sanitation department through there. You wanna make sure the department is certified by eSteward. E-Steward is an organization that certifies particular sanitation departments to be able to recycle e-waste properly, efficiently, safely from an environmental standpoint and a human health standpoint. So looking for this e-steward label on your sanitation department's website will be really helpful, or you can also go on the e-steward website and then they have a locator tool, find a recycler, and you can type in your zip code or your city and state and they will give you your nearest recycler that is e-steward certified. So if they are certified, you can go to the town's sanitation department website again, and they should have recycling events or pickup options. They should have some sort of calendar or list where you can go ahead and figure out how and when and where you can take your e-waste. So if they're not Eastwood certified, you can go ahead and drop them off at places like Staples or Target or Best Buy, places where you would buy electronic items will very often have recycling options for those electronic items. And they're going to collect those items and send them off to a recycler that is Eastwood certified. So again, this is things like computer parts or old iPods or phones or things like that. And cities will have totally separate drives and drop-off locations for things like batteries or appliances or light bulbs. So just make sure in your head you are compartmentalizing all those items. It's not like if it can't go into the regular landfill, it all goes into one separate thing. This is where it kind of matters that you parse out and make sure you are recycling properly and effectively and efficiently. So just make sure that you're super aware of different drives and different locations for drop-offs of different kinds of items. Now I want to introduce y'all to an organization called TerraCycle. TerraCycle is a recycling company that specializes in recycling hard to recycle waste. So they offer recycling programs that are totally free and just funded by really eco-conscious companies and organizations. And then they also sell recycling solutions, quote unquote, that you can purchase on their website for almost any form of waste. So I personally am not affiliated with TerraCycle in any way. The podcast is not, they don't know anything about me, but I just want to bring this organization to your attention because I think it's a really great way to recycle harder to recycle materials. A lot of which y'all brought up to me again in Insta stories when you said, what are the things that are hard for you personally to recycle? TerraCycle offers an option for those stranger items, quote unquote, strange So I wanna first talk about TerraCycle Zero Waste Boxes. So these are the recycling solutions that you can purchase. So they offer these boxes that you essentially you buy online and there's different types of boxes for different items and it depends on like what your needs are, what your organization's needs are perhaps. And you can buy these boxes and then they come with a return address like sticker. You're gonna go ahead and seal up your box and then you send it back to TerraCycle and then they make it into different recyclable materials. And this is a really great option if you have a lot of one particular item that's like hard for you to recycle. So something I'm thinking of in specific is plastic cups. If you think of like a red solo cup, those are plastic cups, number six plastic. You can't put those in your regular recycling for the most part. 
And TerraCycle offers an option to take back those items in a sense and make them into something useful. So for example, a small box for recycling red Solo cups. It can be any brand, it doesn't have to be Solo, but I'm just thinking like any color, any brand, these plastic party cups, a small box is $76 and a large box is $200. But if you have a really big organization that's like throwing a lot of parties, I'm thinking of like a fraternity, you could definitely buy these boxes and send off large, large amounts of plastic cups once they're cleaned, of course, and it's only plastic cups. So you can't put like juice boxes in there and things like that. So it doesn't make sense for like a school necessarily, but a larger organization, it makes sense. And then they also have things like a recycling program for cigarette litter recycling. So cigarette butts, this could be really helpful. They're like really tall, skinny containers for cigarettes. And you can put these in communities in high traffic areas, collect cigarettes, and then you can send them back. And TerraCycle also offers really great programs where you can donate particular points, quote unquote, from a particular item to an organization. So for the cigarettes in specific, you can receive points to donate to Keep America Beautiful Cigarette Litter Prevention Program. So that sounds like a really great program. I'm not super familiar with them in specific as an organization, but anything that's just getting cigarette butts together and away from animals and away from our groundwater and our sewage systems and things like that, that's really, really helpful. And then there are also things like contact lenses. So contact lens packaging was something that a ton of people told me they had a hard time with. I'm thinking of like daily contacts. You have to peel back a little container, you get a contact lens out, and then that's it. That's the end of the life for that particular plastic. So you can collect all of these yourself and request a mailing label from TerraCycle's website, or actually now a lot of eye doctor offices will have collection programs. So kind of similar to the grocery stores taking back plastic shopping bags, a lot of eye doctors will take back your contact lens containers and then they're going to process them and ship them probably to a TerraCycle program. So TerraCycle also, like I said, has free recycling programs that are funded by other companies. So there's some like brand specific programs that you could participate in. So one I'm thinking of is Burt's Bees. They have a totally free program that they promote you can collect all of your Burt's Bees products and ship in a box. They'll give you the mailing label. They'll give you everything you need in order to recycle these products and Burt's Bees will give you points again. So if you ship over a pound of products, so anything Burt's Bees, if it's up to a pound, you get a hundred points and then you can cash in those points to donate to a nonprofit organization. So there are other brands like Colgate has a program to take back toothpaste tubes and the plastic containers of mouthwash. However, you should in theory be able to recycle those general plastic mouthwash containers in your municipal recycling, but things like that. So Colgate will give you a product. Cliff Bars offers a free program for wrappers of any kind of energy bar. So I'm thinking of like the ones that are kind of shiny inside. They're not super like waxy. They're not paper. They are lined in some way. Cliff Bar will sponsor a program that will take back those kinds of wrappers. EOS products also have a program with TerraCycle. So these are like those circle lip balms, they have shaving cream tubes, things like that. Anything that EOS sells, they have a specific program that you can send back to them. So these are really, really helpful programs if you are able to collect from one specific brand or maybe you get together with your friends or if you have an organization that has a lot of these things. So let's say like a dentist's office gives out a lot of tubes of toothpaste, they could put out one of these Colgate recycling bins and send it all back in mass. So that definitely lowers the carbon footprint if you're doing it for a large group. And you can also just get really specific about what brands you are trying to buy from and voting with your dollars and making sure that you are supporting brands that really align with your environmental values. So these products all get recycled differently 
and they all get recycled based on the kind of plastic they are. So for example, contact lenses, if we want to talk about that again for a minute, once TerraCycle receives these contact lenses, they will actually peel apart the metal layer. So the peel back part and then the blister pack, which is like the plastic little cup area that the actual contact lens comes in. They're peeled apart and recycled separately. The plastic gets melted and then it gets remolded into other recyclable products. And I'm not exactly sure what the metal goes into. I previously worked at a university and I had a student that was really interested in recycling pipette tips. So this is like, if you're in a laboratory setting, a pipette is essentially like a really large suction cup in a laboratory setting. So you use these tips, it's only used once, they're all single use plastic in order for all of your products to be totally sanitary and everything in your experiment to be like totally regulated. You only use one at a time and then you end up with tons and tons of pipette tips that you need to throw into a landfill. So TerraCycle has a program to collect pipette tips and those specifically get melted down into park benches from what I remember. So if there is anything in specific that you're interested in recycling, TerraCycle probably has an option for you. And it's really cool to be able to figure out where those products go and how these particular recycling processes are being done for whatever type of plastic or product you are sending back to them. It's a really, really cool program. Now switching gears a little bit, something that I got a lot of feedback on is personal care products. So we've talked before on the podcast that one third of landfill waste is personal care products. This is a massive, massive portion of our landfill waste. And I really do think that there's a lot that we could do in this space. So this is things like skincare, hair care, if you're interested in recycling your makeup products, things like that. We're gonna talk about all of that in a minute. So let's just talk about skincare first. I want you to first look at the packaging. If it's an oil, for example, I love a facial oil at night. If it's an oil in a glass bottle, it has a stopper. You can rinse out the container really well when you're all done with that product. And the glass bottle can actually be put into your regular glass recycling. So if you wanna go the extra step, you can also detach the glass stopper stem from the plastic squeezy suction top of the dropper. So the glass stem can also go into the regular recycling and then the plastic top is probably gonna go into your landfill bound plastics. It's not a regular plastic item that most cities will have like infrastructure already in place for. So it's probably gonna go into a landfill. So that's an item of skincare that we can think about. So with that, I just encourage you to think about skincare packaging. Don't look at it simply as like pretty or a good way to deliver your items. Think of it as like, what is it? If it's glass, you can recycle it. If it's in a squeezy container, maybe you need to think about dropping it off at a TerraCycle drop-off center or something like that. So skincare, we can just think about packaging. So on the flip side of that, hair care. So if it's a hair care item, like a shampoo or conditioner bottle, you can probably also put this in your regular plastic recycling. So once you rinse out that product really, really well. If your area can recycle plastic water bottles, they should also be able to recycle shampoo bottles. They're a harder plastic, but they have the same sort of screw on capability. So side note, going back to my previous life in Arizona when it came to really difficult recycling, my county would recycle only plastic bottles, jugs, and jars. So people did not have to worry about the type of plastic that they're being recycled, but rather the function of that plastic. So bottles, jugs, and jars are all things with screw on top. So this could be like a plastic peanut butter jar, but you can't recycle a snap closure plastic cream cheese container. That same sort of mentality can be used when it comes to hair care products and like other bath products. If you are buying a shampoo bottle that has a regular screw on top, you can put it in your regular recycling once you're done with it. But if it's something like a pump, maybe you can't put that pump part into the recycling. 
Makeup is a lot harder. Someone asked specifically about mascara tubes and then a lot of people just asked about makeup products in general. So there are a lot of issues with recycling makeup products that we actually talked about a few weeks ago. I did an episode with Aether Beauty, which has the first zero waste eyeshadow palette. And we were talking about recycling and what's really difficult about recycling makeup products. If it has a mirror, it can't be recycled. If it has a magnet, it can't be recycled. So there's a lot of makeup products that fall into this category of like not really able to go anywhere. And that's why we end up with so much landfill bound waste. So this is an area that I really, really don't have an option for, unfortunately. I encourage y'all to think about products that are zero waste or brands that have take back programs. So this isn't necessarily just like hippie indie brands that you have to really dig for online. A lot of big brands have take back programs. So for example, Mac Cosmetics, they have a back to Mac program. So you can return six lipstick tubes and they get recycled by the brand and you're actually rewarded for it. You get one lipstick in return for every six tubes that you take back. So in terms of like skincare and packaging, brands like Lush are really, really good about zero waste programs and take back programs like that. For Lush, I believe it's five containers you have to take back to them and then you get one product in return of whatever it is that you are giving back to them. And so if we're thinking more about take back programs for makeup items and other things like that, it's really effective to just think about how you can give it back to the brand and let them do whatever they do with it because we don't really have like a large scale infrastructure yet for this. In big cities, there are also specialty stores that will focus on zero waste items or take back programs, things like that. So a few episodes ago, we did a Chic Shots. The first Chic Shots was about dating and the first woman that we had speaking, my friend Hala in Washington, DC talks about a specialty store where she goes to buy her makeup products and recycling is really simple there. If you live in a big city, this is something that you can definitely look into. So New York, Los Angeles, Miami, you guys have options. You just have to kind of Google, look around a little bit, ask your friends, and I bet there are specialty stores there if that's something you're interested in. I was asked about mail packaging, and this is a really great question because we live in a time where people are constantly ordering things online and getting things to their house, and you end up with a lot of waste. So let's talk a little bit about waste from the mail. This is a little difficult because you might have to think about reusing items or just looking for companies that ship lower waste. So if there is an option for you to leave any notes in the shipping notes, you could say something like plastic free or I would like it to be shipped in as few boxes as possible or whatever it may be. And if there's things like cardboard boxes, you can definitely recycle that. So if it comes in an Amazon package, you can definitely recycle that even if it has tape on it. So let's remember, tape is actually just plastic with adhesive on the back, which it took me a minute to like come to terms with how simple a concept tape is, but it's actually just plastic. I was previously like wondering what it was, but FYI, if you have an area that can do single stream recycling of paper products like cardboard, and plastic products like tape, you can definitely just put your regular cardboard boxes into recycling. And there are things that you can't put into recycling. So plastic bubble wrap is often one of these things. So even if you are to pop out the bubbles, you end up with a lot of that really thin film we already talked about. Things that are really hard to recycle, things that can get caught in machinery, and it's better to just put those in the landfill as opposed to contaminating the waste or stopping the machinery from working or whatever it may be in your particular region. So avoid plastic bubble wrap. So instead you can opt for things like shredded paper packaging. So I feel like you know what I'm talking about. It kind of looks like confetti stuff that people put in Easter baskets. It's just shredded paper. So that's compostable or recyclable in the same way that materials from like an office shredder would be. One wild card was coffee grounds. Someone asked about how to get rid of coffee grounds and what to do with them. 
These are actually really great fertilizers. You could put coffee grounds after they're used directly into your plants, but otherwise I highly suggest just composting them. So I didn't talk today about food waste because food waste is not recyclable. The best thing to do with your food waste is to compost it, reduce the amount of methane that you're producing. And I have talked about composting before pretty extensively. One of my very first episodes was called The Compost Conversation. And that's a great one to go back to and listen to if you're interested in starting your own compost situation at home, or if you're interested in composting in your area, learning how to compost, what to compost, what compost even is, That's a really, really good episode for that. And I can even leave that in the show notes. But I also talked about coffee grounds on the DIY episode, three DIYs for your lower waste lifestyle. I did that with my friend Liz from Feel and Loopy Crochet. And we talked about making coffee grounds into a scrub, a facial scrub or a body scrub. It's actually so delicious and leaves your skin like really luscious. The only thing is that it kind of stains your bathroom sometimes. And it's something that's super annoying when I move out of an apartment. I've been using coffee scrub. It stains the bottom of the bathroom a little bit but coffee grounds are really great for a lot of different things. So when it comes to food waste, I encourage you to find other low waste options for things with the scraps that you have or how to divert them from a landfill could just be, you know, making your own vegetable broth or doing things like the scrub or getting creative and also just lessening your food waste in general, making sure that you use everything efficiently before it goes bad, not buying more produce than you need, things like that. Just being really conscious of your grocery consumption is important in this space as well. So that is all I have for you guys today. I feel like it was a lot of information I threw at you, but I hope it was really, really valuable. I also want to just leave us with one final thought. Recycling is really important, and I am so thankful that we're interested in learning more about how to recycle properly, how to recycle better, and how to really make the most of our recycling. But I also want to remind us that the concept of reduce, reuse, recycle is a hierarchy. It's not circular. Reducing is the first thing that we should do when it comes to landfill-bound waste. After you can reduce your consumption, whatever you are bringing into your home, you want to think about reusing it. If you are buying a jar of jam, a glass jar, how can you clean that out afterwards and then use it in your bathroom to hold your cotton balls or whatever it may be? So thinking about reusing items, that is better than sending it to a recycling bin. And then recycling should be the last resort. This is what you should have after you've already reduced everything you can, after you've reused everything you can, after you've composted everything, how can you recycle it? And I want you to recycle well, I want you to get familiar with what is available in your area and how you can recycle more creatively. Some of these programs can be a little pricey to buy into, but it's really a matter of like what matters to you and what are you putting your dollars towards? Let's think about the brands we're supporting that are taking back our products. Let's think about the counties that are making these events for large scale recycling of things like light bulbs or lithium batteries really accessible. So I encourage y'all to be active about your waste. There's something about a zero waste lifestyle that's really attractive because when you throw something away, it doesn't really go away. Where is away? So I just want to leave us with the idea that reducing our waste should be our first step of action. However, thank you so much for all of the input that you've given me on what's challenging for you to recycle, what you want to recycle, why it's important to you. And I hope that this was really valuable. If it was, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That's like the currency of the podcast world, I always say. It's really helpful for me to figure out what's valuable to you, what you'd like to hear about in the future. And if this podcast is helpful and I want to make sure that we're all connecting, if you want to chat with me at any point, you always, always can. You can find me on Instagram at Podcast, And my personal page is at Laura E. Diaz. 
And I love to chat with y'all. I love to get to know you a little bit. I'm always on Insta stories, just kind of like chatting and getting to know you and figuring out what we care about and how we can make this podcast better. And if you're not following the podcast Instagram, I highly suggest it because I share a lot of like really funny climate change related memes on my story. So if you're into memes, I'm here for you. I love seeing you share the podcast on your stories. I love hearing that you're sharing it with your friends, things like that. So I love to connect with y'all. Please continue reaching out and connecting. So with that, I hope you have a really great week and I will see you very soon. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.